Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio with your hosts, Rachel Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeyer. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Hi everyone, it's Megan Crandallmeyer here. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, this show is a little different. This is a first for us, so I hope you can hear me. And I have Rachel Archelaus, um, and she is now um, across the country from me. Rachel, can you hear me? I can. Hello. <laughs> we pulled this all off at the last second, I think, <laughs> because I wasn't even able to log in via Skype, and oh, there's a little bit of confusion, but we seem okay. So um, thank you, everyone, who's joining us today, and um, we have a special guest. We have Kathleen Murray, who's going to talk about the law of attraction and, um, and getting over anxiety and fears. And so I'm really looking forward to speaking with her. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, just to get things rolling here, uh, our show, Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio, is part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. And we have shows every day of the week. And on Tuesdays, we even have two shows. Uh, we have ours, and then we have one in the evening. So um, coming up tonight at 9 p.m., we have Victoria Vives Wong, and she hosts Earth Sky People Radio, your bridge between heaven and earth. She talks about living in oneness with one another, with Mother Earth, and with life beyond earth. Rachel? And on Wednesdays, we have the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gauthier at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And he's the creator of Network. Um, he does amazing things. He channels a being called Treb who takes questions. He also has amazing guests on like other channelers and metaphysical teachers. And you can find out more about him at trebchanneling.com. Awesome. And then Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have Philip Malika's Consciousness Evolution Hour, and he discusses a wide range of metaphysical topics from the perspective of the fifth dimension. And you can find out more about Philip and his show if you search on Facebook for Consciousness Evolution 2.0. On Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel. The Earth Experience explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, we have the Odyssey Ascension with Roxanne Swainhart, which is a super popular show. Um, And she does two hours of Ascension downloads, and she answers your questions about past lives and ETs and soul purpose and all things Ascension. Awesome. Yeah, I love her. She's so super great. Um, And Karen Newman has a show that's a new time on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific now. It's called About Oneness. And her show is really focused on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and our realization of oneness and unconditional love. Karen is an author, lecturer, integrated channel, and intuitive. 
And on Monday nights at 9.30 Eastern, we have channel and sound healer Daniel Scranton with Heart to Heart Talk Radio. And he talks about a, a wide range of stuff, including the shift and global events, energy work, channeling and toning. And he opens the phone lines for callers. And he often has guests. And he talks about everything related to living on Earth and beyond. So that's Yay. Our- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty great network. And thanks for opening up the show. And yeah, so this just goes to show, I don't know if any of you out there are having some of your own difficulties this week, but I think it's kind of going around. So if you're in that space, hang on, we'll all get through it. And luckily, we have Kathleen Murray today who's going to help us deal with any anxiety that is coming up because of our um, current astrological predicament or whatever is going on. And, um, yeah, it's it's turning out to be quite a wonderful connection, too. I know Kathleen from a group that I'm in, and I met up with her in Baltimore a couple weeks ago, and it turns out that she lives right where Megan used to live. So I think you're going to feel just at home as we do today. Yes, absolutely. So, Kathleen, welcome. Can you hear us okay? Yep, I can hear you guys. Thanks Great. For having- <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And it's it's so fun to listen to all these fabulous programs you guys have on this network. So it's really great for me to learn about myself. Yeah, we have a really cool lineup and just an interesting mix of people. So it makes it really fun. So, yeah. So, Kathleen, yeah, we just we realized today in in chatting before the show that um, you live in my old stomping grounds in Minnesota in the St. Paul area. How how are things there? Actually, it's gorgeous here today. And it is funny, you, you literally lived a few blocks from where I'm living right now. So, um, but St. Paul and is just really lovely at this time of year. It, August is pretty much about the best month that you can be here. And it's just in the high 70s and it's sunny and the state fair is going on and that goes yeah. on for 12 days and it's just a blast. So it's really a lot of fun at this time of year. That's awesome. Yeah, I still miss that state fair. So, yeah, it's a great one. So, um, yeah, so we'd love to hear your story. You have um, you have an interesting story, and it, it all does relate to Minnesota in that you lived um, way up north there, which seemed to be around the time that you, you went through lots of personal issues, which seemed to lead to where you are today. So do you want to share a little bit about, about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So... My my story of kind of where I got to where I'm at today um, actually starts out first kind of in politics, which is a little an unusual path for a life coach. But kind of right out of college, I grew up in Cincinnati, and um, and out of college, I ended up getting a job on a presidential campaign for the 1988 election cycle. So I ended up in Iowa working on the Iowa caucuses for um, a U.S. senator from Illinois, Paul Simon. And that was my most fabulous, fun job right out of college working um, on in presidential politics. And then that kind of started me out traveling around the country working as a grassroots political organizer. So I kind of went from there to 
North Dakota, I went to New Jersey, I worked in Maryland, and just basically worked on different political campaigns and political causes. And that eventually led me to Chicago, where um, the current mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, at the time was Mayor Daly's finance director, and he hired me to be his deputy finance director. And so when he left then in 1992 to go work for President Clinton, I kind of took over as Mayor Daly's finance director. And um, and that kind of gave me the golden Rolodex, if people even know what a Rolodex is anymore. Um, but, you know, I had, you know, basically this fabulous list of, of donors and stuff in the state of Illinois. So I kind of hung out my own shingle in my early 20s and started my own political fundraising firm. So there I was in my mid-20s with a six-figure business, an office off the Magnificent Mile. I had four wonderful employees that worked for me. Um, but really, I was actually kind of a little lonely, though, at the time, because a lot of my political friends were getting married and moving out into the suburbs and having babies, and I had this fabulous business. But um, but I was kind of, you know, pretty lonely sometimes on the evenings and the weekends. And so I met this great guy from Minnesota, and he wanted to move back to his small hometown in northern Minnesota to practice law. And I thought, oh, well, I'll do that. So we got married. I thought I lived all over the place in Iowa, New Jersey, and all that. I can go live in northern Minnesota, too. So we get to northern Minnesota, and for those of you who aren't familiar, um, it can start to snow in northern Minnesota in October. And once it starts snowing, it doesn't go away. It stays there on the ground, and it maybe starts melting around April. And I had never really experienced that. So... I started having these things happen to me that I didn't even know what they were, but they were panic attacks. And I did not know what was wrong, and I really struggled with them for, I can't even believe when I think about this now, but I I struggled for almost seven to ten years with them, incredibly severe at times, um, and some high anxiety issues. And we can talk about this a little later as we get into it, but, you know, kind of what that led me to is when my husband had an opportunity down in the cities for a job and I came down here to St. Paul, I thought, oh, this is my opportunity. So I went back to school. I got certified as a life coach and kind of made it my mission to really help women ditch the mask that they're wearing. Because for me, I totally wore a mask, pretending that everything was fine. Nobody really knew the internal struggle I was going on behind this mask. So for me, I love working with women all about really ditching the mask that they're wearing, pretending they're happy, pretending everything's okay, when really behind that mask they're really struggling. So that's kind of my long answer of kind of how I really got into what I'm doing now with my life coaching practice. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that, you know, it's, it's good for us to really get out there how long sometimes it takes to realize that we're stuck. You know, I think it's so common that people just don't realize they're stuck. Like you said, you were feeling depressed or having panic attacks for seven to ten years. And then was it the moving that got you over the hump or was it something else? Like was there an internal shift before you got to that point? Well, that's really true because what I feel like is I think everybody kind of reaches their own breaking point. 
And what's interesting about it is I think people think, well, did you have a mental breakdown or a big thing? And my breaking point I think was really around year seven, looking at another winter. My kids loved winter. I mean, they're all my kids are adopted from Guatemala, but they loved winter up there. They <laughs> skied, they sledded, they, you know, played, they ice skated. And as I looked at them, I thought, well, I can't keep living this way, dreading it, when I have this whole family that loves it. So that was mm. kind of my breaking point of kind of saying to my husband, I can't keep doing this. I really have to go get professional help to figure out what is going on here. And, you know, because I don't, my breaking point was I didn't want to keep living this separate life from my family. That was my breaking point. So it really was kind of this internal thing of I don't want to live this way anymore. And so I'm going to go get the help. I'm going to figure this out and, and do this, you know, really figure out how to do this. That's great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Megan. Uh, yeah. No, um, it's interesting when you talk about facing fears because I think that a lot of us just, we want to do that, but there's a lot of butts in our head. I'm like, well, I'm okay, I'm okay. So what do you think the, the key is when somebody has a fear? It's, it's obvious they have something they need to face. How do they how do they cross that line and actually plunge in and do it? Do you have tips for that? I mean, I, I think for so many they just struggle. Yeah, I think kind of the biggest thing is is it's one of those is how much is that fear kind of interrupting your living the life you want to live? You know, because I really think at some point it, it can't be about kind of keep living the way you are. Um, if you have these fears. So um, my biggest advice on facing the fear is don't you don't have to do it alone. I think, you know, again, when you sit behind this mask, I feel like there's kind of three things that really come up for people when they're wearing the mask. One is they stay stuck and they're stuck where they're at because of the fear. But the other is that they really cannot have true, authentic relationships with people if they're wearing this mask, um, kind of living behind this fear. And, um, and what they end up doing is, because living behind the mask is really kind of lonely and isolating, but yet when you wear the mask, you become even further lonely and isolated. And, um, and so don't do it alone is kind of my biggest advice. And I think the other way to look at it is fear is really just this thing trying to tell you that there's just something up, that it's something it wants you to notice. And for me, the reason I think the panic attacks developed is I tried to avoid looking at the fear, running away from it, running in the opposite way. So a panic attack is really just kind of this knock on the door saying, hey, there's something going on here and you're not paying attention, so I'm going to give you a panic attack and try and make you listen. But if you kind of, so you can't keep running away from it. You've got to kind of just sit with it. And the most awesome thing I want to tell every person listening is that when you actually sit with that fear, talk to it, find out kind of what it's telling you, it is never, ever, ever as bad as you make it in your own head because you have blown it up so unrealistic in your head. And it never is as bad as it is. That's so true. 
Yeah, and I love the whole don't go it alone thing. When I was going through a divorce and I was filling out the paperwork, I just couldn't get myself to do it alone. I, I mean, it was sitting there for weeks and I just couldn't do it. And so I asked my friend to come over and just sit next to me while I did it. And and it worked. It, I don't know why it worked so well, but it really did. So that's a small um, example of how that can work. Obviously, you can hire a coach, too, if you need bigger support. Um, but that's amazing. So, yeah, wonderful. What did you do? Did you get support? Um, was your support going to class and learning how to help other people do it? Well, what's funny is I kind of, you know, when I think about the seven years kind of really before I kind of hit my big breaking point is I was always trying to stop them or control them or do something about them. So, I mean, I was reading all these books on panic attacks and anxiety, and there was this infomercial on TV at the time, and I bought all these tapes and listened to all all of them. But I think what what all I was trying to do during all those years was control the panic, to stop the panic Mm. attack. Um, And that was never really solving the problem because it really was about ultimately facing the fear. And it was when I worked with a fabulous um, therapist, actually over the phone um, from Chicago, that I still remember my first conversation with her when I was talking about it. And she goes, okay, well, we're just going to have to look at that fear and we'll have to... And when she said it, I'm like, oh, my God, no, no, I don't want to look at the fear. And she's <laughs> like, well, that, that, that's what it's all about. It wasn't about controlling the panic attack or stopping a panic attack. It was eliminating the fear that was causing the panic attacks. And it, I still kind of remember going, oh, shit, she's going to really make me do this. But I was so ready to do it at the time. And what was great is she really used kind of this fabulous NLP technique neuro-linguistic programming, about facing the fear, um, where it really is about going kind of um, inside the body, looking at where you feel it, and you kind of pull it out of your body and just ask, and then you have this conversation with it. You know, so it's kind of a visualization relaxation exercise where you kind of do some deep breathing, get yourself relaxed, get your muscles relaxed, and then you kind of think about the thing that causes the fear, you know. So this is kind of the technique that, that she used with me and that I use with my clients. So you kind of get yourself relaxed. You think about that fearful time, even though it's scary as hell. And, again, this is why there's somebody else with you that helps make it easier for you to go through it. But you think about what is that fear. So when I would think about when I had that panic attack, what was going on? Where did I feel it in my body? And you literally visualize what that is. Is it this hard brick on your stomach? Is it these squiggly squiggly energy kind of on your chest? And you pull it out of your body and you kind of put it somewhere in the room with you because you're going to have a conversation with it. And again, this is where you're not running from the fear. You're just trying to learn from it. And so you're having this conversation. So you ask the fear, what is your purpose? And there's going to be something that pops up kind of in your unconscious mind of what it's going to tell you. And then it's, then you ask, when did you first show up in my life? And usually it will take you back to the first time you had that fear. And you will actually get an image in your head of you at whatever age you're at experiencing that fear. And what's really cool is that, 
cool about it is in the visualization, you can go back in time and wave a magic wand and heal that person that you were then from that time period. And so, for example, um, you know, if when I had this fear about um, relationships, and so I might go back to then a time where I felt like I was made fun of when I was a little girl in school. I can go back to that little Kathleen in that schoolroom and sit with her and ask her what does she need to heal from that time period. And I can do anything. I can heal her and she can be free from that fear. So then what we do is then we kind of surround that with that white healing light. We send it off to the horizon to be healed, and then it can kind of come back in a form if you want it. Um, And I can transform kind of that into a symbol that might work to support me going forward, or I can just let it be off until I can be healed. And um, it's been an amazing technique for me to really get past my fears and one that I use with my clients. It's probably my most common one that I really use with people on getting past fears. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. yeah, I didn't know too much about the NLP, so I just learned learned a ton. That that's super interesting. I love it. Yeah, it, what's really cool about it is just kind of that power of that visualization of, you know, like that little Kathleen that might have felt um, teased or made fun of in school. I can just picture her now and just kind of put her on my lap. So if that fear can come up again, I could say, oh yeah. That's that little Kathleen. I can just kind of put her on my lap and kind of tell her it's okay. Remember, we kind of we dealt with that already. We healed that, and it just goes away so much easier as opposed to oh no, there's that fear. What is it? It's popping up again. I got to run from it. I got to avoid it. It's like oh no no, that's that's that time, and it just it's just so much easier. It just feels so much calmer and more um, I don't know, not as scary. I guess is the word. So do you use this with people that have uh, phobias even? Because it sounds like, because sometimes we don't even know where our fear comes from, but it sounds like with this, it's more like a deep meditation and and it wants to reveal itself if only we listen. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, what's, what's interesting is I think a lot of people don't even know kind of why they're stuck. You know, like for you, Rachel, even with the divorce papers, like, well, why, why can't I just fill this out? Why can't I just sign it? It's like you're stuck and you don't even know why. And exactly. And yeah, anybody that's stuck, you're stuck because there's some fear there holding you back. So, yeah, what's great about doing this technique with people is you're kind of letting, you're shutting off that left logical brain that's trying to figure it out and letting yourself kind of get into that deep relaxation and visualization to where what's kind of deep in that subconscious mind that when I ask these questions where I'm talking to this objective little thing sitting in the room, whether it's that hard cement block that was on my chest, it, it kind of takes away the fear of, of, you know, kind of going inside and looking at your body. You're just talk, you're having this conversation with this thing across the room. So it really brings up, some of those phobias, those fears, those subconscious blocks that you don't even know are there, but yet they pop up during this during this exercise. Hmm. That's great. So, like, for business owners, um, 
you know, when we go into business for ourselves, as you know, we come up against many fears because we're trying to really expand who we are. So a lot of people are afraid of public speaking or of, you know, having their first clients or of raising their rates. And I imagine this is something that could really help them with that too. Oh, that's exactly true. And I have to tell you, I'll give you a little example from my own business. When I first started as a life coach, you know, when you when you start, it's like, oh, okay, here's my rate. Is that okay? And if you can't pay that, you can pay something else. You know, you just get so fearful mm-hmm. of kind of owning your own value. And so when I was working with my business coach, she did a little of this technique with me. And what was interesting is when we went back in, kind of in, you know, had me do the technique and, and pull out the fear, what came up was my mother's judgment about me when I was joining a sorority in the, at the University of Cincinnati and that I would be with these rich girls who, um, and kind of this preconceived notion that my mother had about rich people. And that's wow. what came up in this technique was, and I was sitting there thinking, well, why is this coming up? But it was a block for me. I was carrying my mother's judgment about wealthy people weren't good people or spiritual people or, you know, and that was blocking me from owning my value and raising my rates. Would I have ever figured that out through any other way? Probably not. But using this technique, it was a block that I was able to pull out, recognize, and let go of. I mean, because often we carry this junk from our family history, our, you know, just even in our genes, in our DNA, that's blocking us and we don't even know it. So that was a really powerful one for me. It was like, that is true. My mother really is, could be very judgmental about that kind of stuff. And I needed to release that judgment because I didn't want to raise my race because I didn't want to be this wealthy person that people might judge. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit about Project Leap? Um, because this is really extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a really fun one. I actually do this with another coach in the Twin Cities. And Project Leap is really all about um, how do we step out of our comfort zone and, um, and take risk? Because most of us live most of our lives living kind of in the comfort zone. But human growth does not happen in the comfort zone. You have to step out of your comfort zone in order for you to grow as a human. But you don't want to step so far out that you're kind of stepping into this panic zone. You want to find this kind of sweet spot where you can feel the butterflies in your stomach of nervousness, but then there's also these cool butterflies in your stomach of excitement. And so how we do it with Project Leap is it's an actual trapeze class. So we work with a locally-based um, trapeze company called Twin Cities Trapeze. And so women take a trapeze class where they're literally climbing up onto the platform on top and they grab the trapeze bar and they can swing and get their legs up, flip over. And, and actually at the end of the class, you can actually do a catch where a guy will catch you on the other side <laughs> if you want to go that far. And then what we do after these women do this class is we come down and then we do a risk-taking workshop. And so, because it's all about, well, if you could do that with your body and your mind, like literally take yourself and do that leap, 
where could you translate that and do it into another area of your life? And because I think a lot of times we do these experiences, we can do a zip line or a ropes class or something, and then we just go on with our daily lives on Monday morning when we come back. And it's like, no, no, look what you did. You challenged yourself. You did this. You mentally and physically did this. That can translate into another area of your life, relationships, your job, your business. So where can you take a leap in another area if you could do that with your body, with the trapeze class? So it's really fun. I mean, women have just really loved this experience. Um, We had somebody who had such an extreme fear of heights. She stood at the platform and just kept crying. And so it was like, okay, she's she's really not going to do this. She's going to climb back down the ladder. But she she at least grabbed the bar and just let herself swing, and then she fell into the net. That's all she did. But she said it completely changed her life because she took a fear, a huge fear she had of heights, and faced it. And so then she felt like she could do anything. And she didn't even do the get your knees up, let your arms go, have the guy catch you on the other side. All she did was step off the platform, swing, and fall into the net. changed her life. So it's really, really fun. Wow, when I lived in St. Paul, there was no trapeze stuff. That sounds amazing. And I have a fear yeah, of heights. Yeah, it, so. <laughs> it just started about a year and a half ago. It was a couple that was in California and did it, and they moved back to the Twin Cities to be by family, and they opened it in the old Ham's Brewery building in um, East St. Paul. Wow, wow. How great. What a unique way to use that, that tool of a trapeze for people. I love it. Yeah, and you could really do it with anything. I mean, if you really think about kind of anything you're doing with your physical body, you know, just really even those people who, when you think about the runner's high because they ran a half marathon or a marathon, you know, if you can challenge yourself physically and mentally to do that, you can do things in other areas of your life where you maybe think you can't because it all translates. It's all that you're the same person that did that half marathon or the same person that did that trapeze. So could, what can you do in another area of your life with that same mentality? What's that recipe you use to do that? Use that same recipe in that other area of your life too. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, if anyone has a question for Kathleen or wants a reading with Rachel, we'll just remind listeners, um, if you're live, you can call 347-308-8788 and just push one on the keypad and that'll raise your hand and we'll know that you're, you're there. Um, so Kathleen, what was it like building your business? Because I know a lot of our audience is in um, some sort of, you know, coaching or light worker type of field. And, and it's challenging to get a business growing. And, and you certainly changed careers from being more political to doing a, a coaching type practice. So can you talk a little bit about how you, you grew your organization and how, and how you continue to? Do you network live? What, what has been like a tool that's helped you? Well, I think the biggest thing that really helped me, because for me, when I started, I really feel like, you know, I had been a marketing director at a hospital. I had been this fundraiser, so I knew all about money and and how to sell. I mean, I was selling political candidates all the time when I was raising money. But so I knew the mechanics of running a business, and I had my own business in my 20s that was very successful. 
I had so many mindset blocks that I did not even know I had that was really stopping me from being successful. So my biggest thing that really helped me was getting a coach, was getting a business coach, and not just a business coach that really worked with the mechanics of online marketing or how to do products or product launches, but it was really helping me with the mindset mindset stuff too. You know, it was that, kind of that double combo. Um, because really I was at that point when I got certified um, and kind of then hung out my shingle to start my business. I mean, I was not getting clients. I was not being successful. And um, and this is where a little of my law of attraction stuff comes in is I was at that point where I thought, well, oh, maybe I'll go back to fundraising. Maybe I'll try and do that part-time and then do coaching part-time, kind of maybe until my coaching practice could really pick up. And I was really kind of at that point of maybe doing a job search again that um, I listened to this woman um, uh, speaking on a webinar, and I called her and had a conversation with her, and I thought, oh, she really could be the one um, that could really help me with this. And then she told me her rate, and I about fell off my chair. I mean, it was like 10 times what I was charging, you know, um, with my coaching practice. And I said to her, I said, I cannot afford that. And she said, well, yep, if you say that, you can't afford it. But if you take a step forward and want to do that, the universe will wake up and help you find the money. And I was like, oh, yeah, law of attraction. Okay, well, we'll see. And I thought, well, what the heck, I'll do it. So I signed up for like four sessions with her. And literally 48 hours later, I get an out-of-the-blue phone call from a potential client. I sign her for the largest amount I ever charged a client. And seven days later, I get another client out of the blue, like literally out of the blue, and sign her, and I paid for all my coaching with this coach with just these two clients. So it really was about, for me, getting control of my own thoughts and the power of my own thoughts about what I was saying to myself about my ability to be a successful coach, owning my value of being a powerful coach, um, that was the biggest change more than kind of any of the mechanics of my website or my Facebook or social media marketing. It was my own, how was I using the, my energy? How was I using law of attraction? What, what energy was I putting out there about my belief in myself and what I could do in service to other people that really affected the flow of clients or not? That's so important. I mean, I think so many of us, we come from, you know, careers where we're selling other companies, we're representing other products, and we're so super good at it. You know, so many of us, men and women, we're like amazing employees. And then we just realize we can't do it anymore and we'd rather work for ourselves in one way or another. But then, you know, we get into our own situation and, you know, there are so many mindset blocks about, you know, are we good enough to sell ourselves? You know, what do we charge? So I think your focus on the mindset stuff is just so important because when you were selling other people, you were great at it. And then all of a sudden, your own worth came into question and, and you got help around that. And what an inspirational story about the money, too. That's really fantastic. Do you do more work with that um, now? Did that spark some more curiosity for you? 
Yes, I, I totally really kind of got fascinated with the whole law of attraction stuff in, in terms of really how that works. So um, so I do a lot of work with my clients on that, and I've done a few um, webinars and topics around law of attraction because what I, what I think people, you know, they poo-poo the law of attraction. They say, oh, it doesn't work because they can sit there and say, oh, well, I want a fabulous relationship, and so I'm going to think about it, and it's going to come to me. And so then there's, and there's and then it doesn't happen. And then there's some thing, oh, law of attraction, it doesn't work. Well, but what people don't really get is the power of the unconscious mind. You know, like what I'll say to people is think about it. You can sit there and pray for somebody who might be sick and pray for them to get better. But then 10 seconds later, you're sitting there worrying that they might die. Well, that's, you're countering the law of attraction. You know, you're, you're putting out an energy of wanting somebody to be healed but then you're worrying about them being sick. And that's where I think people don't really get the power of the unconscious mind. You know, like, do you guys know how many thoughts you have in a day? Like, how many thoughts? Isn't it like hundreds of thousands or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's, the average is like 70,000 thoughts a day. And how many of those do you think are truly conscious thoughts? Conscious. Maybe ten percent or so. One to two percent. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I mean, and but just think about it. Like, think about you know when you get in a car and drive, you are really unconsciously driving. Your foot's hitting the gas and the brake. You're turning the wheel. You're seeing the stoplight ahead of you. Really, you are not consciously thinking stoplight. I need to now lift my right leg and put it on the brake. You aren't consciously doing that. That is really unconscious living. And most of us are really living most of our lives with these unconscious thoughts that we don't even control. Wow. So I guess it it does sound like we need to get more control of the unconscious, which is tricky. Exactly. Yeah. And, And what I think is interesting, especially when you think about it in terms of a business, I think so many of us, um, don't really get that, you know, in our unconscious mind, we don't always believe in ourselves or we're worried about kind of accepting the abundance that might come with a successful business. You know, like an example I'll give you is um, I had a woman, a fellow coach, that she was getting really frustrated that she wasn't getting any clients. She wasn't getting any clients. And so I talked with her a little about law of attraction, and, and we really talked about it a little bit. And, um, and what came up for her is that she was she really unconsciously worried that if she got really successful, that she wouldn't have enough time with her kids. So in many ways, she was blocking getting clients because she, she had this unconscious thought that, if I'm really successful, I won't be able to be a good mom too. Mm. And so she didn't even get that that was an unconscious block inside of her. And she's sitting there thinking, I, just, I don't get why I'm not getting clients. I want clients. I want to have a business. But yet she has this unconscious block that being a successful coach meant I'm not going to be a good mom. Wow. That's awesome that you And helped. I think there's a lot of us that have that. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the law of attraction, I know Rachel and I have had conversations about it and it, and that a lot of it is just getting into the right 
frequency or vibration. Um, but it can be discouraging when you, you know you want something better, but you look around and, like you said, like your friend is sick and you want them to get well, but then you worry. Um, so do you have some strategies for people to to help them with, with situations like that where visually it is discouraging? And how do we keep that vibration high so we're matching? Yeah, I, well, I think probably the biggest thing that I – I use with my clients when I talk about it a little bit is um, is when you kind of bring it into your consciousness, I think the first thing to really just always ask yourself is, is it true? You know, mm-hmm. so for her was, can you really not be a successful coach and a good mom at the same time? Just ask yourself, is it true? So there really is that, you know, gather some evidence around you. Um, about this stuff because most of the time these really unconscious blocks you have aren't even true. So Mm -hmm. even just asking the question, is it true, and then realizing, oh, yes, I know Rachel's successful and she does well and Megan's successful and Kathleen, you know, so you can kind of gather this evidence around you to kind of counter what your unconscious mind, you know, is thinking once you kind of bring it up. And then the other thing I think that really helps people with a lot of this stuff is really connecting back to their why, you know, connecting back to the, their own value of why they're doing this. You know, like for me, I really have, I value helping women not go through what I went through, you know, so there really is a heart of service in it for me. And I think when people can really connect back to kind of their core value, that can help them get past kind of the worry or the fear or the block. Because when you can connect to your kind of source of why you're doing this in the first place, it can kind of set you on fire to just propel you forward. You know, I had a client, she was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years, and she really just had a block on, no one's going to hire a mom who's been home for 16 years and hasn't been in the workforce. But what was interesting is she went back to school to be a massage therapist, and Um, And so I really talked with her about, like, well, why do you want to be a massage therapist? And she said, you know, when my mom had cancer and when she was in the hospital, one of the things that comforted her a lot was when these people came in and did um, massage on her feet. And it just really was, I could see it physically calm her down and just relax her. And so I kind of want to do that because I knew how how much it helped my mom. And I said, well, let's. Let's have you connect back to that. That's what it's about. It's not that you've been a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. It's that you really want to give back because of this gift that your mom had. Well, when she did that, it was amazing. I mean, she was on fire. She started sending out her resume. She started connecting with people. And what's really funny about it is she's in Cincinnati. She applied for this job with um, a hospital there, and she had applied like six times before and never got an interview. She applied, 148 other people applied for this position, and she got a call back for a second interview, and it was her mother's birthday, the day she got the call back for the second interview, and she got the job. She got the job. That's great. And, And really, it was one of those, she had to let go of this block of nobody would hire a stay at home mom that's been home for 16 years. But when she could connect back to why she really wanted this job, it was, that was total law of attraction. That universe started just 
getting on fire to help her get this job. And literally 148 people, there were probably people way more qualified than her for that position, but she got it, you know. And so that's, that's really, I think, the two things that I really talk about is connecting back to your why and really then just even asking that question, is it true? That's really that helpful is, information. Yeah, that's wonderful. Is it true and why am I doing this? I love it. I, I think we should put post-it notes all over our house to remind ourselves. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another key thing. You're totally right, Megan, is visualization. I mean, you know, and that's where those visual reminders in front of you, you know, what's a symbol for her of um, being this massage therapist? And I think she did a little work with that. You know, was it the sun or what? It, so then every time you see that visual, you're reminded of your why, you know. So visualization is another, another powerful tool, I think, with that kind of stuff. I imagine that this can also help us get over the whole worrying if we're doing this for our ego. Because when you have your why, then you're connected to the real reason that you're in business and, you know, trying to make money. It's it's really for your mission and not just because of your ego. Do you find that with clients, like they're worried if they're doing it for a selfish reason? Yes. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think the ego can really get in the way, get in the way with a lot of that. And I think even for myself, I can do that. You know, I can be really excited when I sign a client for the money, thinking, oh, good, I, you know, I've got money coming in. But really, in the end, I love that I get to help this woman find a job that she'd really, she's really passionate about and she gets to get out of this job she hates. That's what's really exciting for me. The money's exciting, yeah. too. But really, in the end, I think for most of us, when we really go into that entrepreneurial world, it is because we're kind of driven by this mission we have. And connecting back to that really does help you let go of the ego. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think we often think it's our ego a lot, even when it's really not. You know, like, it's okay to be excited that you have money coming in, um, but having the why is a great you know, just a reminder that we are doing it for a bigger reason. So it's okay to be excited about the worldly things, but, you know, and that's just a reminder that we're, we're, on, the right, we're on the right track. But I think Megan is going to take a caller with a question. Okay. Yeah, we, we do. We have um, somebody from area code 504, so I'm just going to unmute. Hello? Hello? Hi. Who are we talking to? Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Um, I'm having uh, the problem with my, my vibrational system right now. I was wondering if you could tell me about that. Sure. Do you want to explain yourself a little bit more just so we can get um, Kathleen on this, in on this too? Okay. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of pressure and, like, my manifesting is not as good as it used to be. Like, it just seems more laborious. Excellent. Kathleen, do you have any advice for Hmm. Well, again, it makes me think of there's something, there's some, what I picture is there's just something heavy there. So what is that? You know, what's, what's kind of holding, holding that down and blocking it? Um, which, again, I feel like I, I, I would love to work with Debbie and do a little of my going in and feeling the fear, but we probably wouldn't have time to do that, but. Okay. 
um, I guess like a depression? Or let's go back to Kathleen's question because I'm I'm kind of feeling like, all right, so what is it that you're trying to manifest that's gotten more laborious? Because <laughs> Like a new Is job, it something really money. for you? <laughs> yeah. Is it coming yeah. out of a place of desperation, though, or is it really something you're excited about? Because often, you know, our manifestations, like Kathleen was saying, we have to be so clear and on with it. Like she couldn't, oh. her client couldn't get a job just because she needed a job. She had to be inspired and connected to get that job. So are you, oh. do you know what you want, like really in your heart? I think maybe no, that makes that's sense. the place to start, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, and so you will be what supportive. Do you, what do you want to do? Kind of what is, what is your why? I have uh, no idea, actually. Like, where to start on that. Yeah, what's a guess? If you had to make a guess, there was no right or wrong answer. What's a guess? A vacation. <laughs> that's, a, that's like an escape, though, you know? And where well, would you go? Vacations are great, yeah. Where would you go? Anywhere with a beach. Somebody was. Somebody just walked around me. That's why I was being ambiguous, but... um. I feel there's so many depressed people around me that it's hard to know anything as far as, like, what I want. And everybody says it'll keep coming, do what you love, but it just doesn't come. And well, the first place to start is really just with the tiniest little things. I understand where you're at and that, you know, when people say, like, follow your joy and you're just, you just can't get there, that's really understandable. So I would just go for an entire week and make a list of everything that gets you at least a tiny bit excited. Like a character on a TV show makes you laugh. Write that down. Um, You eat your favorite food for lunch. Write that down. If you're driving to work and you pass by a really cool house and you smile, write that down. And just begin to notice everything that does raise your vibration and gives you a little bit of connection to yourself. And that will help shift you out of the place of blindness. Yeah. That's exactly right. Does a person affect your vibrational, like say if maybe they're not at the same vibration as you, can they pull your sound? Only if you let them. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I, I do think that if you are naturally... Um, you know, a bit empathic that definitely another person can affect you. And But it is up to you to protect yourself from that. And I think just being aware of that is is really important. I think the fact that you're even asking the question might be telling you that you have that around yeah. you. So just by being aware of that and staying true to yourself, So, okay, you know, this person's got a lot going on and they're kind of down and they may be unintentionally or intentionally trying to bring you down. But once you recognize it, 
you can, like Rachel said, like keep that little list with you and, and look at it. If they're bringing you down, go in the bathroom, look at your list. And, um, and you'll, I think you'll, you'll slowly start to build that protection up. Okay. And the other thing, Debbie, I think to remember. Yeah, sorry. The other thing, Debbie, I think to remember is is you have the power with your vibration to bring somebody up too. You know, you can let somebody have the power to bring you down, but you also have the power to use your vibration to affect a positive change in the room you're in too. So, like Rachel talked about, it's really that practice of gratitude, or or you know, you're focusing on the positive. You can change others around you with that vibration. Well, I I do try to do that, but it feels like it's constant work, you know, like, like it's like almost like then that becomes an addiction for the other person because then I'm the feel good pill. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then it's, that becomes my role constantly is to keep bringing that person up and it's exhausting. Yeah. I would focus on yourself first and really devote the time to you. And, you know, Kathleen has really amazing recorded um, webinars on her website, and I know okay. she wanted to do her process with you, um, but she has Transform Your Fear with Visualization. Is it time okay. for a new job? I mean, I would definitely check out her website and listen to some of those things. And Kathleen, okay. do you want to tell us how to find your website? Yeah, it is www.km changeisgood.com and yes I KM like K as in Kathleen M as in Murray KM changeisgood.com okay yeah and um, and click on the contact me if you want me to do a little of uh, going in and and, uh, I'll do a little of that um, feel the fear exercise with you if you want to follow up with me Debbie I'd be happy to do that with you okay thank you so much Thank yeah, you for calling. Okay, thanks. Yeah, great question. I think a lot of people are, are where you're at, so thank you for sharing. Yeah, and I think it, what made me think of it when she talked about it a little bit, there is that kind of that um, when you try and force something to make it happen, it just totally works against the energy, that um, the good energy you're trying to use as opposed to kind of just really letting it flow um, and letting it come naturally Um, because I think when you force, then really things start working against you. Absolutely, yeah. It's like you just create that barrier to what you're actually wanting, yeah. So true. Kathleen. That's left brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If people are interested in learning more about you, um, they can go to your website, do you have anything going on? Um, I know you just had a webinar. Um, do you have any more coming up, or how can people, you know, really connect with you? Yeah, there's a couple things. One is I just did a webinar a couple weeks ago, and it's about the four keys to go from pretending you're happy to real, honest, no kidding happiness. And in it, I really talk about the four keys I use to kind of ditch my mask and really live that kind of true happy life as, a, as opposed to expending my mental energy trying to pretend I was happy. And in it, I really talk about the unconscious mind. I go a lot more into the practice of gratitude, facing your fear. And then my other key um, was about connecting to your higher source. 
So I do have the recording available for that, um, and people can get in touch with me at my email is Kathleen at kmchangesgood.com, and people can email me, and I'd be happy to send them the recording for that. And then the other thing I'm working about, I'm working on that's going to be coming up um, towards the end of the year is an online um, group coaching course around be in a job you love in 2015. Um, and again, that's really about helping those women like Debbie who I think might be in jobs they don't like, um, they don't feel passionate anymore, and really helping them kind of do the mind work on how to think about getting out of where they are and that internal work, as well as then the mechanics of how do I really find out what I'm passionate about or getting into a job I'd love. Um, so that's something I'm still putting together, kind of the final touches on that, and hoping to launch that towards the end of the year. And so, again, if people are interested, they can um, email me at Kathleen at kmchangesgood.com or go to my website at www.kmchangesgood.com. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know I feel like you know, my takeaways today are you know, asking, is it true when, when thinking about a fear or, or projecting something in the future that I think I can't handle and, and connecting to the why? And, and I love Rachel's suggestion of, of just writing down even the littlest things in the day that make us happy or give us a little joy. So lots of good stuff today, ladies. Great. Yeah, I think Rachel's thing was true. Even for me, when I think about my panic attacks in the winter, if I could focus on that it was a beautiful, sunny day, then I didn't focus on all the snow. I mean, even just that little thing of, oh, it's sunny today was yeah. the starting point for me to, like, get through it. So you're so right, Rachel, on even just the tiniest little thing can get you started going forward. Yeah, yeah. that's well. I lived through in, uh, lots of those Minnesota winters, so... I feel you there. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, yeah and, and Rachel's I just left Connecticut for that reason, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rachel may be happy when it's raining because that's going to be few and far between. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah she has we just had our rainy extreme. season here. <laughs> exactly, other extreme. So, Kathleen, um, Thank you so much. You gave us so much information, and I really urge everybody to go to Kathleen's website to check out. Um, if you go to the tab on top that says Explore You Webinars, she has a lot of recordings there. And if you even have questions about what is a panic attack, you know, that's something you may be dealing with and you don't even know it. It's just she explains it all there. She has an interview, and there are so many recordings there that I would definitely take advantage of that. And, yeah, thank you so much, Kathleen. I really hope people connect with you. You have such a great message. And I will definitely be spending more time on my why as well so that I can connect more. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks, guys. It was wonderful. Love spending the time with you. All right. Thanks so much. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was really fun. I just love that. That was fun. Yeah, it just kind of just goes and takes a life of its own. And I thought our caller had a wonderful question I think a lot of people could relate to, so that was helpful. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And even with the whole, um, you know, trying so hard to help 
um, the person in her life to get better, to be happier, rather than, you know, just spending the time on herself. I think we all feel such a duty to help those around us, and we sometimes forget about ourselves. Yes, I have personal experience with that. So if our caller is still listening, what I absolutely learned in some ways the hard way was, you know, you, you cannot make another person happy. You only can make yourself happy. And um, it's just futile. <laughs> you just can't be yeah. happy. They may be happy one day because you did X, Y, Z, and then the next day they need more and they need more. And, um, and that's just because they're not ready to be happy. It really has nothing to do with you. Um, but it is interesting when you yourself get into a much happier state, how those around you, you just attract more of that. It may not be that one person, but you'll make new friends that are in a better mood. <laughs> and that always helps. Yeah. So awesome. Well, well Megan, I, I think we got through it okay. I know we have to do the announcements, but um, we did it. Our first show, not in the same room. <laughs> yes, yes. And we will work on, on getting some sort of visual. Um, I think that will help us. But, um, yeah, I thought we did okay. So thanks. And it was yeah. great to talk to you, <laughs> even if it's three hours away. <laughs> And listeners, thanks for coming along on the journey with us as we learn how to do this together. Yeah. So as a reminder, we are part of the Enlightenment Evolution Network. You can find out all the information about the shows on facebook.com forward slash Enlightenment Evolution Network. And all of the shows are archived, so you can listen to them at the same link that uh, the shows are promoted on or at our website, soulfulpreneur.com and soul has two L's because we are full of soul and you can get on our newsletter there as well so that you can find out about our upcoming guests as soon as we know about it. So we have two shows on Tuesday Um, later tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific is Victoria V. Vase Huang's show Earth Sky People. Um, It's your bridge between heaven and earth and she talks about living in oneness with one another, with Mother Earth, and with life beyond Earth. Yeah, and Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gauthier. And he's the person that started our network that we're on with Blog Talk Radio. And he channels uh, Treb, and they also have guests on the show and um, you can find out more by searching on Facebook and, and looking for Enlightenment Evolution Network. And Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have Philip Malik's Consciousness Evolution Hour. And she talks about everything metaphysical based on the perspective of the fifth dimension. And then Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel, and she explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. And Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, we have the Odyssey Ascension with Roxanne Spleenhart. She has two whole hours of Blow Your Mind Ascension downloads, so Definitely check out that show. It covers um, so many topics, and Roxy is such a great person. And then Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, we have About Oneness with Karen Newman. 
and she focuses on celebrating ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and our realization of oneness and unconditional love. And Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, is Heart to Heart Talk Radio with Daniel Scranton. What a wonderful guy. He has an amazing show, too. He's a channeler, and he does work with toning and sound healing, and he talks about all those things and more. And he always takes your calls, so be sure to call in and ask a question. And that's our network. Well, Megan can't believe we are at another week, another show. <laughs> yes, uh, it was really fun today. So, yeah, so we will see or hear everybody next week, same time. And, Rachel, do enjoy that, that sunny, beautiful Arizona weather. I will. And you enjoy it. It's beautiful in Connecticut right now, I'm sure, too. It so, is. It, thanks, everybody. I hope the weather is great where you are, too, and... We will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. We love you.